Welcome to Fado Fado, a series of stories about life in rural Ireland in the first half of the 20th century as told by members of the Ballinasloe Active Retirement Association. In this episode, Cork City girl Phil Laddy remembers the sweet sounds, smells and sights of idyllic summer holidays working in the small fields and farms of County Galway. My heart belongs to two counties, Galway and Cork. My mother and father were born and bred in County Galway, but they moved to Cork City in the 1930s. I was born in 1948, the youngest of six children, and my eldest, earliest memory is of being down the park shouting for Galway in our Cork accents, even when they played against Cork. Jack Whelan, who looked after the Galway team, was a friend of my father's. They had played together, and we christened him Dr Idine, as that seemed to be the remedy for every injury in those days. Just the smell of iodine and wintergreen brings back those days to me. There was no talk of physios or sports psychologists back then. Joe Salmon was our hero, and when he moved to Cork, our loyalty was again in question when he chose to play with the Glen, even though we were Bars and Nemo followers. The Connacht and Midland Tribune were ordered and collected every week, and we kept in touch with every match played in County Galway. Our information supplemented every Sunday night, listening to Sean O'Gallaghan giving the results of the Aircourt, Climber and Kiltormer tussles. My father ran his own Galway Men's Association from our house. Streams of Galway people passed through our home, often staying the night before they made their trip to America. I remember going to Cove with my father and watching the tenders fill up as the people made their way with their trunks to the liners. The lonesome sound of the, the liner's foghorn still echoes in my mind as my father told me stories of all those who immigrated belonged to him, some who never came back. My uncle Mikey was a priest in Australia and my auntie Nora a nun in Texas. She had left her home in Kalimer at 16 and celebrated 95 years as a member of the Holy Spirit congregation before she died aged 93 last year. How we loved their rare visits home. But members of their friends and congregation also visited us during their holidays. And we were privileged to listen to their stories of faraway places with strange sounding names. Christmas saw my father going down to the, um, going down to the bus office in Cork to collect the turkey sent by my grandmother. She had wrapped it carefully but his granny always included her own country butter into the parcel. This invariably had leaked through the paper and melted, and the smell on opening it was not for the faint-hearted. Summer holidays cemented our connection with Galway. The minute the school closed, we were off. My uncle Manny, my mother's brother, arrived in his Ford Prefect and trailer to bring us west of the Shannon to our other life. I can still remember the number of the car, and I don't actually know the number of the one I'm driving myself at the moment. It was IM7652. No problem with seatbelts back then. We piled into the back seat, sitting on each other's laps, and off we went. The trailer was packed, our clothes in a trunk, left after some yanks had passed through. A chair bed was added, a strange contraption, which together with a bed called press bed, or sleeping arrangements when we went to Galway. 
We slept top to toe, and many a row ensued over who got the blankets. Uncle Manny brought a bag of turf, and halfway to Galway, we would stop, light a fire, boil the kettle, and we had a picnic. Who'd never tasted so good? And the, the smell of the turf signalled that we were on our way. We stayed in Galway until the day after the 15th of August. We saved the hay, the thistle sticking into our feet and hands. We also saved the turf, turning it, putting it and drawing it home, where it was built into these wonderful reeks. No architect could design such a structure as my granduncle Tom created with this winter store. We chased frogs, fish for breakings, swam and learned to swim in the river in Russiany, and as the summer progressed, we collected wild mushrooms. The smell of those mushrooms placed on a piece of turf with a pinch of salt, dripping with juice, still makes my mouth water with memory. We wed and thinned mangles and beet a dreaded job. The mangles were pulped and fed to the pigs. Again, the smell of the boiler house is stored in my memory. But one of my favourite jobs was sitting with the sows while she gave birth to sometimes up to 12 or 14 bonnets and making sure she didn't lie in them. The heat of the lamp can still warm my soul. On Saturdays we cleaned the eggs, wrapped them in newspaper, placed them gently in the wicker baskets and cycled off to get the weekly shop. It really was a barter system and seldom did money have to change hands as there was more enough than enough egg money to pay for the messages. We collected apples, rhubarb, which Auntie Eileen made into these delicious, delicious cakes. Saturday nights, shoes were polished, children washed, men shaved and prepared for Sunday mass. The smell of carbolic soap and shoe polish filled the air. Cayley House was on the radio and many a set was danced as we went round the house and had to mind the dresser. Sunday Mass was a social as well as a spiritual occasion. Dressed in our Sunday best, horse and traps and the odd car made their way with many hungry people on board, many having fasted from the night before for Holy Communion. The church in Kilimer was definitely pre-gender stereotyping. Men sat on one side, women on the other, and then when going to communion, first the men went, then the boys, followed by the women, and finally us girls, and dare we go before our time. We spent two weeks with our grandparents in Kilure. We drove along the new line out from Banlaslow and thought it was a motorway. Kilure Church was at the end of that road. Only one tree grew along the road, the rest being firs and bushes. My grandfather filled us with stories. He told us that Cromwell's soldiers were going to sack the church and as they passed that spot, the ground opened and swallowed them. A tree grew up there and no other tree would ever grow there. I wonder what he would say if he came back now and saw how the forestry had the area planted and the lone tree long since gone. A system of commonage operated and I can still remember collecting all the cows from the neighbours in Cush and driving them on to the commonage. Every family took their turns to round up the cattle, and how we dreaded those with their big long horns and wild eyes. 
Summers's van came from a Haskra once a week. And that was how we city slickers got our ration of sweets. How we longed for that red van to make its appearance. Granny cooked for us on the open fire and made pancakes from the lovely fresh eggs which we collected from the hens. We went to the well for water, carrying the buckets and trying to avoid spilling them into our, it into our wellingtons. We slept to the sound of the crickets in the hearth. The highlight of our holiday was when Granda saddled up the pony and trap and brought us to Banda Slope to the Society Fruit Stores for a flavoured ice cream. No creme brulee or Bailey's mousse can compare to the taste and sweet smell of the raspberry cordial poured generously over our vanilla ice cream. We went back to Clymer in time for the meeting of Melik, which was held on the 2nd of August in the oldest Franciscan abbey in the country on the banks of the Shannon in Melik Airport. This was the time when we met my father's relatives. A three-day pattern was held in honour of St Francis. An indulgence could be got every time he said three our fathers, six St Mary's and six glories, and we spent the day with our lists. What a chance to meet all the cousins, Stauntons, Lens, Horns, Mahans, Shocknesses. In fact, everybody with red hair in the church seemed to be related to us. And we could put a face to all the people we had heard my father talking about. We made many a trip to the, to the shop to get our fizzy drink and our penny biscuit. And we called to Auntie Sissy for the scones. We smelt the fragrant roses there. We called to Auntie Mary's and we ate her apple tart and smelt her sweet peas. Many sixpence, and if we were very lucky, a half crown, was pressed into our eager arms. As we grew older, we um, went to the Marquis. We had season tickets to Clymer, which meant we danced on Tuesday, Thursdays, Cayleys and Fridays, and the big band on Sunday night. Morris Mulcahy was our favourite. Young and old alike danced, men on one side, women on the other. The smell of the all from the toilets and the damp grass, our heels getting stuck on the uneven floors. We moved from the Marquis and Clymer to Tina to Abbey to Kiltormer. I know global warming is a recent phenomenon, but walking home from the Marquis or cycling, I can never remember the rain, only the smell of the newborn hay the hedgerows and the meadow sweet filling our lungs. All too soon the 15th of August came around. We went to knock, saying our rosary on the way, one another while we were there and another on our way back. We prayed that we would all be alive and well, so that next year we could return again to spend our summers in Galway. I must have prayed well, as I am now married to a Galway man, and my children now can wear the maroon and white as their birthright. How many of our memories are linked to the smell, and like many city children, I will be forever grateful to my country cousins for the magical summers, which the smell of turf fire, sweet pea, cottage roses, freshly baked tarts can make it me instantly recall. <laughs>